Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. I'm a past executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, and founder of CandidateClub.com. Thank you to Jess97 who left an Apple review. I heard a lot of your podcasts and has inspired me so much. I have used your advice for the interview I just had today. It was a phone interview. It made it. And to Fish Fry 23 I found your content to be both refreshing and beneficial. I'm going into my third interview, and I subscribe to much of the advice you provided. Thanks for the great advice. This is an extremely useful tool when preparing for interviews. Thanks for the reviews. If you have one of your own, please go ahead and leave that on Apple Podcasts. I would love to read it on air. A day in the life of an executive recruiter. A couple episodes ago, I covered a day in the life of a recruiter. Several of you emailed me sharing how insightful that was and enlightening you found it and how that you feel like that's going to benefit you as you move forward in your job search. That episode should help as you navigate the interview process, a little insider insight to help you stay ahead of the curve. A day in the life of a recruiter and a day in the life of an executive recruiter are vastly different, very different with a couple of factors where they overlap. This is going to be helpful Beyond just tagging along with me to find out what the day is like, my goal is to help you get inside the head of an executive recruiter to help with your own job search or if you are contacted by one or want to contact an executive recruiter. How do I know what it's like to be an executive recruiter? That's where I can help. I was an executive recruiter and then opened my own search firm. During those years, I had two functions. One was running the search firm, finding new clients working with clients and day-to-day stuff. The other side, and probably what took up most of my time, was working as an executive recruiter. I'm going to combine a couple different types of executive recruiters together for this episode. There are two main types of executive recruiters, small firm and large firm. The large firm would be a company of 10 employees or more, somewhere in there, 10 employees or more, up to you know hundreds or thousands. Uh, bigger national firms. Those executive recruiters don't typically do business development. 
Sometimes they do. But at the larger firms, there are usually account executives, salespeople, business development that go out and find new clients, and that's their full-time job. And then the recruiters recruit at a small search firm, either a solo executive recruiter, meaning they just work by themselves. They are their own small single-person business owner, which is very common with executive recruiters. So just a one-person operation or at, at a smaller firm, one, two, three, four people probably one, two, or three at most. That's more, in that situation, it's more common and necessary for all of the recruiters and firm owner to do a little bit of everything, especially bring in new clients and find talent. So at some point, you have to have a balance of clients that are looking for a position for you to fill, and then you going out and finding those people. But once you found everyone, say you're really good at your job, you found everyone, then you have to have clients. So you have to have that ongoing cycle of clients and filling those, we'll call them orders, searches, placements. We're just going to focus on the recruitment-related side of the day, not the client and sales part, because that's not what this podcast is about. This is not a sales podcast. On a typical day, an executive recruiter will wake up between 9.30 and 10.30 a.m. and probably start working after a long lunch. I'm joking. That's for any executive recruiters that are listening. I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast. Never mind. A typical day will actually start with going through emails, LinkedIn messages. The LinkedIn messages are a big part of an executive recruiter's day to day, every day. Um, they will be from potential candidates that the executive recruiter contacted. And that contact will be about a potential job opportunity that the executive recruiter, which I will get tired of saying, but it's different than a recruiter. Um, so what that person saw potential in this person they reached out to. So let's take a break to talk about the difference between a recruiter and executive recruiter. What's the difference? Mostly ego, title chasing, and an insecurity-infused desire for superiority over normal recruiters. That's another joke. I hope you all enjoy the roasting of recruiters. Uh, it's good for them. A recruiter recruiter will often spend their time hiring or placing applicants, whether it's in-house or in-house at a corporation or working for a search firm. So employment firm recruiters post jobs online, and we've talked about this in another podcast. So employment recruiters post jobs or jobs at their firm are posted, and then they look through those applicants and send them to employers that hire them to keep their jobs filled. Executive recruiters take a different approach. Companies tell an executive recruiter exactly what they're looking for, and instead of posting that online, they go out and seek that person out. So a company will tell an executive recruiter, a client will tell them a certain type of skill, whether it be a technical skill, experience, personality, background, leadership, experience, cultural fit, and more. The executive recruiter then goes out and tries to find that person, that exact person. And to my knowledge, I mean, this is never really something that is put out as a job posting. This is then the re executive recruiter privately and quietly reaching out to someone who has these skills. These are usually harder to fill positions, the type of professional that isn't out applying for jobs, but actively working somewhere. This caliber is typically harder to find. If it was easy to find the company, the client would not hire the executive recruiter. The work an executive recruiter does 
can easily take months and months. So does that difference make sense? A recruiter will post jobs and work with the job seekers that apply to that job. An executive recruiter is told exactly what a company needs and goes out and finds that person or reaches into their Rolodex or their network and maybe not searching out the person, but even just giving them a call because maybe they know a lot of people in that industry with those skill sets. This is an oversimplification and probably also I'm overcomplicating this. And of course, there is crossover in different jobs and companies, but that should help. I hope that clarification helps. Okay, so the executive recruiter is looking through LinkedIn messages from people that they contacted about job searches, also called placements that they are working on. They might have reached out to some of their peers to see if they know someone in the industry that matches what they're looking for. Maybe they know two people personally that match this description. They want to find, obviously, a couple more because you want to submit multiple candidates to your client, not just one person. One person might be great, but a professional executive recruiter that does high-level work will want their client to be able to compare options and find what's best for them. The recruiter starts to look through their email, kind of to cover the same thing as they did on LinkedIn, and it's now time, say, for some phone calls. The executive recruiter calls a couple leads to see if they're interested in exploring a specific job. So maybe, again, this is someone they have their business card or it's a friend of a friend. They might have gotten their cell phone number from a mutual professional acquaintance. Or maybe, and this is old school executive recruiting, and LinkedIn was barely around when I started working as executive recruiter. You just pick up the phone and call the company and find a way to get through to a person that works there that you want to talk to. Or before LinkedIn, you'd call in and you'd start asking questions about, hey, do you have this type of position? Do you have this type of person? Then secretly, that's what you're looking for. So a little insider secret there of how they at least used to function. Probably some really old fogey recruiters still recruit like that. Probably still works. So they call a couple leads to see if they're interested. They might have gotten their cell phone number, like I said. So they have a way to contact them. Maybe they're calling into their work. Some people answer. A lot of them ring through because it's a number you don't recognize, so then you're leaving a voicemail. All of this is tried to be, you're done doing this with some confidentiality. You're not calling someone at their work and leaving a voicemail and saying, hey, I heard you might want to leave your job, or hey, I hear you have these skills. Let's talk because someone else might overhear that, and then you're not being a professional. So some of these professionals won't be familiar with being cold called by an executive recruiter. Some have been through this song and dance before and gladly start or schedule a conversation. The executive recruiter talks to a promising prospect during this day, so they schedule a phone conversation. So this isn't quite an interview. It's a time to discuss the phone conversation that they schedule if they can't do this during the first call. It's a time to discuss personal goals, what they like and don't like about their current job. That's where the recruiter tries to kind of pull them out to, helps them realize that maybe there's something better out there for them, what it would take to make a move, what type of company they are interested in working at. And that's that's over. And now it's time for an actual phone interview with a different candidate. That goes well, but it doesn't seem like the right fit. The problems the candidate has with their current job, the reasons that they would consider moving to this role that the executive recruiter is pitching them on are actually factors that are at this client's company. So we'll say that this doesn't mean they're bad things, but the executive recruiter wants to find a really good fit. So an example might be that the executive recruiter could 
be trying to fill a position at a quickly growing, always changing and pivoting company that has a fast, very fast pace. The potential candidate that they talk to on the phone might share that they work or have worked at this type of company and they don't want to be in that environment again. They're burnt out from it. They hated how fast it was and that's not right for them. So the executive recruiter wants to facilitate a placement that lasts and is rewarding for all parties involved. That's what they are paid to do. So this person might have all the right skills for the job, but they won't be happy there. So they know that it's not going to work out, but they're going to stay in contact with this professional because the executive recruiter probably works in a couple industries, not all industries. So they know that they can give, they're going to let this person know that they're not the right fit. Maybe not right away. Maybe they want to think about it, process after the phone call, but they can call them back later and say, hey, that last job that we talked about, we both knew that wasn't the right fit, but something else has come along. This is a slower pace, more established company. Let's talk about this one. And those relationships are, a lot of executive recruiting is based off of those types of relationships where they're built up and maybe it's not this one, but maybe the next one is the right job for you. But in the meantime, it's good to know you. It's now time for lunch. So the recruiter meets a candidate that they have been speaking with and they're further along in the process with. They have lunch in a secluded part of a restaurant. The candidate is currently employed at a, at a higher level position and doesn't need to be seen with an executive recruiter. The executive recruiter is going to buy lunch and they discuss the position that they've been talking about. This could have been done over a phone call or a Zoom meeting. And obviously it does happen that way a lot. But this is a marketing vice president, and their time's important. They probably don't have time during the daytime hours. The lunch at the free lunch at a nice restaurant is a nice perk for the whole thing. The executive recruiter, in the back of their head, they're not just working on this placement that they're talking to this person again about, but also networking with this marketing VP because this person might know of other great people in other areas of marketing or other industries, and they can work together in the future. If the executive recruiter needs to pick up the phone and call this person and say, hey, uh, you know, I placed you in that senior level marketing job. You know any uh, you know, mar- marketing professionals in this other industry or, or whatever? A lot of that happens. So he's get- they're getting to know each other, but they're also kind of networking with each other a little bit. They know that they're building the relationship. Why the executive and executive recruiter, besides the underlying need for meaning in life, an executive recruiter typically but not always works with higher level professionals. So this might be managers, vice presidents, executives, but a lot of the time it's very technical positions. So it's not a management or leadership title, but it's very specific. So maybe a software developer, industry specialist, someone with a rare or interesting credential or skill set, typically more senior level or higher paid, but not always. So at this point, we've established that executive recruiters seek out and communicate with talent. And at this point, a couple candidates have been thoroughly vetted, interviewed, background checked, and found to be a great fit for this position. So we'll go back through the day. They've been emailing, they've been doing phone interviews, they've been doing phone discovery calls. And they've been having lunch. Now it's time to send this information to the client. And at a small firm, that client might be connected directly. That means the executive recruiter would 
call them directly or email maybe the business owner or the HR hiring professional, whatever it is. At a larger firm, that information might be sent to a salesperson at the firm, and that person has a relationship and communication with the client, and then that information is sent on. And the salesperson would share that information. The info would depend on the firm and how thorough they are. When I was an executive recruiter, and especially when I owned my own executive search firm, I would email my clients a submission, confidential submission email, and I would attach a two, one or two page PDF packed with information about the confidential candidate that I was sending their way. So obviously there'd be their resume and a quick kind of write up, but then the, that document that's attached to the email would go into everything as far as work history, personality, skills, likes, dislikes, goals, what they like about the position and company, their desired salary, and more. This helped paint a picture and created talking points before even interviewing the candidate. So the company gets all of that prior knowledge and research that I did or the recruiter did uh, just in that brief PDF, all, all the stuff you need to know. After the email is sent, an interview is scheduled if the company likes this candidate. The standard would be an in-person interview right off the bat. The executive recruiter has already had emails, phone interviews, in-person meetings, and interviews with this person. So everything's all ready to go. The company, if they trust the recruiter, which they, I'm sure they will if there's this relationship, is everything's ready to go. They trust that the interview has vetted them as far as kind of the basic what a phone interview covers. The recruiter should schedule a uh, schedule an interview coaching session at this point, go over interview performance, personalities at the company, go over who they'll be meeting with, topics to avoid, the questions to ask, how to answer certain questions, how to prepare for certain questions like strengths and weaknesses, even down to what to wear based on the office environment and company culture. If it's a tech startup, an Italian suit won't go over as well. Like it won't go over very well at all. If it's a private equity firm, sneakers might not be a good look. But maybe uh, you know it's a private equity firm, but the team there is big into wearing jeans and a blazer. The executive recruiter can share all of this kind of inside information and research they've done with the candidate to help them be prepared. And executive recruiters have in-depth knowledge of both what employers are looking for and how to coach job seekers and how to have a fantastic interview that gets them hired. And I've applied my own interview coaching skills to create candidateclub.com. At Candidate Club, I walk you through the phone interview, Zoom interview, and in-person interviews. I give you access to the questions you'll be asked, bad answers, and my own video feedback after every question on how to formulate your own answer and how to navigate each question, things to avoid and things to do, right? Candidate Club also has a Zoom interview prep guide, a resume building course, and resume template downloads. Go check out the testimonials at Candidate Club and find out if one of the affordable monthly packages will help you get offers like it has so many others. Check out those testimonials at CandidateClub.com. Link to Candidate Club is in this episode's description. So at this point, the client will give feedback on the candidate. We need someone that has more of this skill. We need someone that has more years experience, say, developing in the software or designing this type of building. Or they might say, this person is perfect and we want to make an offer or we want to interview them. That's always a really good feeling. So they'll interview the person. 
maybe have a second interview. You'll be scheduling all of that for you. Sometimes the company will want to take over and schedule themselves. I saw that a lot more with smaller business, smaller businesses, smaller business owners. And sometimes they just will crank out two or three interviews in two weeks and make an offer. This can also drag on for months. Both parties are busy. The client will probably want to see other people and interview other people in the meantime. So when they finally say they want to make an offer, that's a really good feeling. It's especially good feeling because executive recruiters are paid on contingency almost always. That means they only get paid if the client hires their candidate. Now at bigger firms, maybe there's a base salary and then they get paid the commission, the contingency once they place someone. At the smaller firms, what I did, I only got paid once that person was hired and they were at the company for a certain amount of time. So a recruiter often finds a needle in the haystack candidate after months of searching and the candidate happens to be open to exploring other jobs. A lot of times you'll find the perfect person, but they say, hey, I'm just not interested. I love my job. So you have to keep looking. The salaries meet up. The person isn't asking way more than the client can offer. And then the client interviews the candidate and makes an offer and the candidate backs out. Happens all the time. Or they send, or you send candidate after candidate after candidate to a client, and the client keeps saying no, no, no. They're paying a premium for an executive recruiter to do this work. So they want to find exactly what they're looking for. It has to be perfect. And as frustrating as that is, it's the right way to do things. So you want both sides to be the perfect match. So at this point, the candidate has interviewed several times, and the client wants to make an offer. These are typically going to be higher dollar offers easily in the six figures, upper six figures, or millions of dollars a year range. The executive recruiter plays an important role in negotiating the offer. They work for the client, but they also won't get paid unless the candidate is happy. So they help negotiate. Everything goes smoothly. This actually helps the candidate the most. They can go through the negotiation process and have someone represent their salary needs and best interests without hurting the relationship with the potential employer. Because in my experience and from my observation, the more back and forth for negotiation, the more tension builds up a little bit. People start to think, why can't we just be together? Why can't we just start this relationship and start working? So the executive recruiter kind of reduces all of that. They offset all of that. The candidate is also in a good place to negotiate. They always are with the executive recruiter because the company and the executive recruiter sought them out. They asked them to look at the job. The candidate didn't even apply for the job. They probably had a job and don't need one. So they're in a good spot. They say, hey, you reached out to me. You called me. They don't say this, but you know, everyone knows you reached out to me. I'm not in a big rush to go. You need this position filled. So there's a little bit more room to negotiate and get what they want. And probably most, if not all candidates that are sought out by an executive recruiter will get better offers because they have that room to negotiate. Plus, it's just nice to have someone negotiate for you. You just send some emails back and forth and have some phone conversations. Obviously, both parties will probably compromise a little bit, but makes everything go smoother. After going back and forth a bit, things like paid time off, salary, company vehicle, or travel arrangements and compensation, job title, days allowed to go golfing, the list goes on and on. Once this is all settled, an offer is made, and after setting a start date, 
the recruiter will tend to start stepping back from the process a little bit more. The client is ready to take over with the upcoming hire and onboarding. Many search firms have a guarantee period. So if the candidate doesn't work out in a certain amount of time, say they leave or the client is super unhappy with them within the first month or six months, the recruiter will find a replacement at no charge. And if they can't, I guess you start to discuss a refund. The executive recruiter should be checking in from time to time with both the candidate and the client, probably the first week or the first month, and then maybe six months after that. They're there to help work through unforeseen issues that might come up, things that maybe the candidate isn't comfortable bringing up with the client. It's their job to make sure everybody's happy. It's a lot of work. Executive recruiting is a lot of work. And for some people, it just it looks like it comes easy. The more people you know definitely makes a difference with finding clients and finding people. If you're really well networked and respected and you know a lot of people in a certain industry, that's a good setup for being an executive recruiter. It was always a lot of work for me. My clients and candidates were always happy, but it, uh, I had to put in a lot of time and effort to make things happen. It's a job with a lot of highs and lows. You can work on a search full time, just one search, because it takes up so much time for six months and not get paid. And then the future looks and feels really grim. Other times you might get two placements in a month and you feel like you could take half a year off because you get paid all this money at once. Ups and downs, highs and lows. It's a great job if you have intuition, work ethic, the people skills, and thick skin to make it. That covers things for the executive recruiter role, a day in the life of an executive recruiter. It doesn't cover everything, but like I said, it's a typical day, just to give you an idea of what things look like, what a, a day would look like. I've taken my knowledge and experience as an executive recruiter to createcandidateclub.com for you. I'll walk you through how to interview, improve your resume, and stand out from other candidates. This podcast only covers the tip of the iceberg candidateclub.com gives you the rest of the information you need to know to navigate the interview process and the job search process. Check out candidateclub.com for more information. Use code podcast for 20% off at checkout. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with more soon. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation, and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.